KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Happy New Year. Happy Welcome New to New what New I think is the official start of right. 2020. Exactly. Right? This is, this is, it just got real. A whole week of work? What are we? Seriously? So, I saw this, Pamela, and it struck me as... Uh, Maybe disappointing is the best thing to come out of. There is a new study out there from the people that do studies that said that women who are in need of CPR, life-restoring life medical care, are less likely to receive it from men over... Fear that they will be seen as doing something inappropriate. Yeah, so this is coming to us out of the University of Pennsylvania, and they say, okay, if somebody is laying unresponsive on a sidewalk and that someone happens to be a guy, yeah, right, then the guy is more likely to receive CPR from a stranger than the woman. Wow. If it's a woman laying on the sidewalk. Wow. Why is that? Well, they believe guys are uncomfortable performing CPR. Because they've got to t- they've got to touch a woman's breasts in order to do chest compressions. Chest compressions, yeah. This can't be true. This cannot be true. Because if it is, huh. it's ludicrous. You've got. To, I mean, play this out in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. You know, you're going to lunch coming up here in about an hour, hour and a half for some of you, and you you're you're walking into the restaurant. And on your way there, there is someone, there is a woman that is lying on the sidewalk. Something happened. You don't know what happened. Not breathing. I don't, when, when I see that, or because I, I have in my life, I don't go, is that a woman? Is that a man? Are they old? Are they young? I go, that's a human being who is on death's doorstep. Do something. Well, can I point Do something, something out? Do uh, something. Uh, that, that, that they teach as well they should when we talk about having to perform CPR, whether it's mouth to mouth or chest compressions. That if you're at the point where you've properly assessed this person is not breathing, the reality of the situation, Pamela, is they are legally dead. By performing CPR, all you're doing is giving them a chance. And the idea that the calculations are going on, apparently, that your concern is how it would be perceived for a male to perform CPR on a woman... And that that may literally, literally cost people their lives, I find tragic to say the least. And I don't believe it. I, I have a hard time yeah. believing this because that, that's what the study so believes. So why, why, why would women be less likely to receive CPR I, than I, men? I, I don't know. Because I just don't, I guess more importantly, I don't want to believe this. I don't want to okay, believe this. Okay. Um, and I, I think that there are a lot of things going on right now. So we, we've got this study. Okay, women less likely to receive CPR by, you know, a stranger in public. And then there's another story that's coming out. And, and man, I really hope this isn't how we're kicking off 2020. Um, the headline reads, 21% of men say they're afraid to hire women after hashtag me too. Oh, for goodness sakes. 21% of men. Yeah. Afraid to hire women after me too. Now, okay, I'm the woman in the room. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. the dude in the room. That I am. Okay, hello, Captain Obvious. Why would men be afraid to hire women? Why would men be afraid to hire? Why would one in five managers be afraid to hire women in I'm, the wake of me I'm too? not looking for credit. 
because I'm not one of them. How's that? This has never entered my mind when I came to hiring decisions. But it strikes me then, and if I understand this correctly, there are a percentage of men out there that have it in their mind that being around women, managing women, working with women in some way, shape, or form makes them more susceptible to allegations of inappropriate behavior. You know how you get an allegation of inappropriate behavior? You behave inappropriately? Exactly. Yeah. So you See, I've you never wanna, had that problem. You, you want to fit exactly because you haven't behaved inappropriately. Right. So if you are afraid of this, don't do it. Problem solved. The myth that women are walking around and accusing their bosses or their managers or their mentors or their co-workers of sexual harassment is just that, folks, a myth. The same myth that exists of women claiming they were raped when they weren't. Mm -hmm. Statistics are important. Facts are important. Between two and seven percent of rape claims are false. Two and seven between two and seven percent. That means between 93 and 98% are correct, right. are true. And, and focusing on the abnormality, focusing on the statistical anomaly is all that's doing is reinforcing your bias towards it. Because I would put it this way if you are a man who says you're afraid to hire women because of the Me Too movement and the worry that you are going to be accused of behaving inappropriately around coworkers or your employees, I would argue you're probably projecting something there because you've probably run through your filter. I apparently behave inappropriately around women. Okay, and here's the other thing. That's the way I think of it because I have no fear of it because I know I don't do it. I don't do it, so therefore I'm not concerned. Correct. See, ding, 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 folks. We but have any more that I'm concerned about being uh, behaving inappropriately around men that I work with or work for. It, it, it's one of those things where when it comes to the workplace, I mean, women are fighting for a place at the table and there shouldn't just be one place at the table for them. There should be many. And ladies, take that seat. I'm telling you, we we've worked hard for it and we deserve it. It's not just one seat. It's many. And speak up when you're there. The reason being is because when you have more women in positions of leadership, then there are more women who are going to be mentored because there are guys out there who are afraid to have that mentoring kind of relationship with women. They're afraid to have that one on one kind of relationship in a work environment. Now you say that and I don't have it at my fingertips, but I know that there is an issue when it comes to that of women and working with other women and that there is a there can be tension there that doesn't exist possibly with with men. Well, okay, that that's not sexual tension. No, no, no. no that's no, that's no. something I else. I didn't mean it in that context. But what what Here's the thing, like good for the goose, good for a gander. Uh-huh. If you're not going to go out to dinner with a female coworker alone because you're for, afraid of how it looks or then don't go out with guys alone mm-hmm. if you um are afraid of meeting a woman alone in your office with the door closed l- then don't do it with guys leave the doors open go to the conference room with the windows whatever it may be i mean you know what your behavior should and shouldn't be behave that way and you're going to be fine there are easy ways to still give women access and support and hiding behind the i'm afraid now because of me too oh come on 
I think it's a cop out. It I, is. I, I don't disagree. It's it an is, excuse. Is it is what an it excuse. Is. And 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 again, it comes to me from the standpoint of the people who are going to most vociferously use that as an excuse are maybe some of the ones that should be looking at their own behavior and what goes on behind closed doors or what they do say, and that they are, whether they realize it or not, probably a little more aware. That their behavior is not appropriate at times. And they shouldn't have said it to begin with. That's why they're afraid. I don't And agree. I think that it is apropos that Ooh. we're having this discussion today. Why? On the day that Harvey Weinstein oh. is finally getting a little comeuppance. He's having to walk his happy tush into court. Good. And he is now facing... Gosh, how many? I like dozens. I, I, I literally don't I, know I don't the number, know, like, and I'm not trying to discount it. Yeah, and accusations, and it is because that Harvey Weinstein, one of the most powerful men in Hollywood, is finally being held accountable for the way that he has treated women the for women, decades. For decades, the careers that he's ruined, the lives that he's ruined. If right. you've watched any documentary regarding this, you're going to be disgusted. See, any any of the allegations of the, the the women have made. By the way, and I. I think there's always some uh, there is you can glean some of the facts and truth when the stories start to match up. Absolutely. When, when they all have like this similar thread, Bill Cosby ones we heard as well. Like, oh, all these men are making up. I go, how did they all make up the same story? It was October independently? 2017. Was it really? And here we are, January 2020. And he's finally going to court. Wow. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye it on that. It kicked off well. the Me Too movement. Yeah. And you know what? It's a good thing. So why did, uh, this kind of ties in, why did a Mesa police officer who was sexually harassing his coworkers get full retirement benefits? Didn't, didn't you just actually kind of reward him for bad behavior? Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So you you might remember this, and, and quite honestly, you'd be forgiven if you couldn't keep all these stories together. But a Mesa police officer, former sergeant, he'd been demoted last year, Officer Jeffrey Neese was found from uh, internal investigations to have committed sexual misconduct against several female subordinates. So the Mesa police officer was found to have uh, uh, sexually harassed nearly a dozen women inside. These are co-workers inside the Mesa police department. We're not talking about civilians or whatever. Inside the Mesa police department. And you would think that after being demoted, uh, after having been found uh, um, at, at least responsible for some of these, that there would be more. There would be more punishment to it. <laughs> yeah, you would be wrong. Um, so there were already two investigations done by the city of Mesa. They had found that this guy repeatedly sexually harassed women within the department for years. Yeah. So what was the punishment? He was demoted. He was removed from SWAT. He was no longer a sergeant. He was put on a patrol team, which, might I add, means that he was now patrolling and working alongside the very women from which he He, was found to have sexually harassed. Right. When he was there. That's brilliant. Sergeant to officer, the sergeant to rank up. When he was demoted, he went he was accused of harassing his subordinate officers. And they demoted him amongst the subordinate. Okay, officers. so he really wasn't punished. I, I mean, he really doesn't wasn't strike punished. Me as a punishment. So you know what? Um, he continued to do it. That's exactly what it was. And so there were more accusations. 
and you had women that came forward. Yeah. And 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 held news conferences and and shared their stories. At the time, the city did not provide myself with a department cell phone, and I was forced to contact him using my personal number. Within 30 minutes after I contacted him, reference a police matter, Sergeant Neese began to send me sexually harassing messages to my personal phone. It took him only 30 minutes to sexually harass me. Okay, he, he appears to be a predator. That's what it sounds like. That's what just, it sounds like. Just happens to be a police officer. So after those accusations came forward, additional accusations on top of the ones that have already been investigated yes. time and time again, he was put on paid leave. So he's put on paid leave from yeah. July until December 20th. Why was December an interesting time? Oh. Well, that's when the city of Mesa unanimously granted his request to retire. Now, why would he want to retire in December? Well, because what? it marked his 20th anniversary with the police department, making him eligible, Bruce, for full pension. Yeah. And not only that, he can now actually go. And get another position with another police with department. another department, right? Because he wasn't punished to the point of taking your badge or decertifying you to that point. And and what this goes to show, and I think the problem with this is, it reinforces a notion, a notion that, by the way, the Mesa Police Department has to deal with. That if this was anybody else, you would be treated dramatically different. The first time, the first, fair enough, Pamela, fair enough. And the fact that this behavior continued, the fact that numerous it was women allowed to continue came forward, that they told their superiors, they made this known, and Mesa slow walked the investigation. Yep, let him basically have vacation. We'll pay you; just stay at home, and then let him get to his retirement date so he could retire. Because if they, if they would have fired him the day before, he would. You see what I'm saying? That this was all part of a plan. To let a an officer who, by all of our definitions, n- not behaving even close to the standard you would expect, still gets the payout. It's wrong on so many but levels. But it plays into this it's idea. Wrong. Yeah. And you know what? It What does it mean to the women who were so brave to come forward and courageous to come forward and call out one of their own for what was going on. We don't take it seriously. No, what I mean, like the city of Mesa allowed, you know, allowed this guy to wait it out until he could retire with full pension. Yeah. You don't deserve full pension. No. You don't deserve to work for another department and have the capability of potentially harassing additional women. But this gets into this whole we take care of our own. That, 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 that you know, and again, this guy. It's not he's not being accused of acting inappropriately he with criminals on the street. Dear. He well, didn't but, call somebody sweetie. You know, but this isn't there's body cam video and if you would have just complied, like this isn't that he was sexually harassing coworkers, other officers, staff at the Mesa Police Department, and Mesa Police Department doesn't even think that rises to the level of firing. Well, let me just tell you, like I've got it in front of me right here. But I can't read it to you. No. God, no, you can't. So it's one of those things, folks, where if I cannot read it to you on the air, it gives you a level of what was happening here. Again, this wasn't him calling somebody a sweetie or babe or hey toots or something. Oh, no, no. Which is annoying. 
you know, you're like, hey, man, knock it off. Like, right. OK, like, but it doesn't rise to the level of what he is being accused of doing. And when I say accused, there have been investigations that have found this behavior to have happened repeatedly. So now he gets full pension. The ability to go work at another department if he decides to throw his name in the hat again. Yeah. And what are these women doing? They're still trying to put their lives back together. And again, he was their superior officer, and he was training a lot of these new officers. And, what and you can imagine tra- them being afraid to say something. They just started their careers. What does it mean also to the women out there right now who have been harassed within their own departments? Yeah. Why do I come forward? Yeah. Like certainly, not going to change you can, anything. You can certainly make an argument. See what that feels like. That Mesa did not de- deal with that properly. If tensions continue to escalate, we've heard that Iran could retaliate using some form of cyber warfare. What could you do to protect yourself? Ken Coburn with the Data Doctors joining us next to talk about that on Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on ninety two three FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I hear people say tensions in the Middle East are ratcheted up. I think the reality is tension in the Middle East has been always Always. at like 10 out of 10. We just only pay attention to it sometimes. Well, because now it's going to be involving us more so than it ever has before. Normally, yes. And uh, the concern is what is going on between uh, the United States and Iran um, and the... Back and forth, uh, retaliation, attack, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that we've we've talked about is that uh, for whatever you might think of uh, a a country like Iran, um, they are not crazy enough to think they can, I use the term, like line up their tanks in the desert. We line up our tanks in the desert and beat us at that. Like they understand that the American military is the most powerful military in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So they have... And there's plenty of evidence and there's incidents been focusing in different ways to attack other nations and entities that don't involve planes and boats. Yeah. Welcome to 2020, folks. It's called technology and cyber warfare. Is that what we're getting into with Iran? Take a listen. We also learned on the night of the attack against the Iranian leader, federal cybersecurity officials reissued a warning about Iran to industry and government agencies. Iranian hackers are quite good at convincing employees to click on links and emails that may look like they're from colleagues or friends and using that to gain access to take over computer networks. Okay. So again, I've used the analogy. I don't expect Iran to come storm the beaches of Ocean City, Maryland uh, on an attack in the United States. But we could be vulnerable when it comes to technology and, no. and cyber warfare. So we wanted to invite our buddy and Ken Colburn with uh, the Data Doctors to kind of give us a bit of a different perspective on this, because I know that this is a concern for a lot of people. And I want to hear from you, Ken, how big of a concern, what can we do? What's your take on this right now? Well, the good news is they're nowhere near as sophisticated as the, the, the Russian and Chinese hackers. <clears throat> the bad news is... We're grading on a curve. Right. <laughs> but look what Russia's been able to yeah. do, right? The bad news is they're like buddy-buddy with the Chinese and the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. So proxy wars, we've heard about proxy battles. Um, the term proxy is a very common thing on the internet. The internet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the capabilities are certainly there. During the initial uh, sanctions, they attacked our financial systems in 2012, 2013. Um, they took out a, a Saudi oil installation. Yep, they were behind that. Right. right. So that, I think, is the most likely general. They want something that is prominent, right? They're not going to go after mom and pop. 
you know, us sitting around here in Arizona. How does that impact me, though? Like when you go up to the Saudi oil fields, I get, you know, oil prices and gas and so on and so forth. But boil it down to a very simplistic kind of standpoint. Is the average American, should, is there anything that they should be doing now? Yes. There's something called an APT, which is an advanced persistent threat. Ooh. It's a tech term that's out there. And anybody okay. that's in cybersecurity knows that the Iranians have tons and tons of APTs floating around, attack vectors. They basically go after very specific targets and hit them from a thousand different ways. Automated, always out there, <laughs> yeah, swimming they, around. In one of the ways that they attack uh, installations, uh, the government, whatever it is, is through what's called a botnet. And a botnet is like 10, 15, 20,000 computers that have been compromised and can join forces and jointly attack or go after something. Okay. So <clears throat> those botnets are primarily computers that belong to the people that are listening to me right now. What do they do, though? The I mean, like- average person that's out there that's not paying attention, that realizes, yeah, my computer slowed down. Yeah, it takes a long time for my internet browser to work or whatever. These are all indications, not necessarily the only thing, but it's an indication that a little piece of software... Something's is- running in the background Correct. and slowing your computer down, something that <clears throat> might be nefarious. Well, they have hundreds of thousands, millions of computers around the world that have been compromised and are used in these attacks, unbeknownst to the owners of these individual computers. They're using the computing power of unsuspecting people to magnify their ability to harm. Correct. Oh, good. So when you basically, you know, if it takes forever for your computer to start up and then you haven't done anything and all of a sudden your internet connection, you see the lights kind of flashing, even though you haven't opened your browser yet. I mean, those are little simple okay. signs okay, but what do you tell do you. Then? Like, if you if, if you're well, sitting you in your to, car right now, going uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, what do you do? Well, you need to have somebody you trust look at the machine and make sure you don't have any of these nefarious things that they're they're really good at sneaking into these things. Households with kids, oh boy, that's probably you know. I mean, it's real easy to to fool your child into downloading something that normally they'd have to pay for. A movie, a game, whatever it is. Click here, get it for free. Right, get it for free. And then inside of that payload is this little hidden piece of software that right. basically allows them to remotely control your computer and do tell it to do whatever they want it to do. Good news. We're joined right now by Ken Colburn with The Data Doctors. And if you're concerned about this, I'll say it. He doesn't have to. You can go to The Data Doctors and have them take a look at it for yes. you. That being said, though, Ken, all right. You know, so my computer's got a little bot in it, and it may be used to do something. I mean, that's really what I'm taking away from what you're saying. What could it do? What What could the implication of your computer being compromised mean in the grand scheme of things? So all that junk, all those things that pop up that you hate, those are all coming from botnets, those, those nefarious things that, that are trying to trick you. That's all coming from your neighbor's computer. Right. So we all have a collective responsibility to each other to maintain our systems so that this type of activity can't continue. But guess what? The Iranians know 99.9% of the people that are hearing this aren't going to do a thing about it. And that's where, again, I, I wanted to try to bring this to something well, that I the agree. average person can understand and do something about. Because well, you think you, that you're invested in this. Well, you're, you can't do anything about the oil installations that they're going to go no, after or our traffic control systems. Hopefully... Uh, because you've seen hundreds of cities being held ransom. Two Iranians were uh, basically convicted of being the ones that, that had the biggest hack uh, for the city of Atlanta. 
really held them hostage. So hopefully if city leaders, whoever is in charge of all of our cities, they have to know they're on that very short list of targets. Again, Ken, Kilber, uh, Ken Coburn with the Data Doctors is in here as we talk about the uh, potential threat of some sort of a, a cyber attack and what you can do and keeping your computer bot free for lack of better terms are a lot of these the the softwares are they going to catch these things antivirus etc if you're you're shaking your head and i update mine all the time come on really no because they're using social engineering to get people to click on things and do things that basically look like normal activities to your antivirus program that's why they're so successful at doing this social engineering so you don't go after this hardened firewall and try to break no no you just simply fool the user. That's where virtually every breach, every hack, every major thing you've heard about in the cyber world, it starts with a person being fooled into opening something. That's why you hear it from us, you know, over and over again, don't open these, don't click. The problem is they're getting so sophisticated. You're talking about getting an email. If you got an email that looked like it came from the CEO of your company that said, we're being acquired. You'd you click on it. And if you want to know what that means to your department, it's all laid out in that Word document that's attached. I got one last question for you here. We've got Ken Colburn again uh, with with Data Doctors joining us. We're talking about Iran and cyber warfare and what that could mean to us here in the United States. You touched a little bit, Ken, on like the uh, taking control of like you know the the traffic systems, or we we I don't have any power over that, or how Iran um, you know infiltrated some of the financial institutions a few years ago. I I mean, when it comes to the United States infrastructure, and I know you're plugged in when it comes to tech on a variety of different levels. How are we positioned? I know we are like the great military power, and I know we've got people so much smarter than us that are working on protecting these infrastructures, but are they vulnerable? Absolutely. Everything that's connected to the internet is vulnerable. Um, from a grade standpoint, I'd say we're probably, you know, B, B minus compared to the rest of the world. So there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, the fact that we are vulnerable, I think, is what makes everyone nervous about this particular sure. situation because we've given the, the and, and remember, it's, it can be just two guys in a dark room that are that are loyalists. They don't even have to be state sponsored. That can wreak major havoc if we're not paying attention. So I thought I was going to sleep better after better Ken now. joined How us. About I, you, right? I, I don't know if that's what, what happened in here, but, but it's real. There's a reality. That's why we're having the conversation. Ken, thank you. You bet. And again, if you if you are worried about your computer, if you have some of these issues, if it ain't working like it used to, it might not just be you got to clear your cache. It might be your computer's infected and you don't even know. Ugh. Take it to the data doctors. Get that figured out for you. Should a Gilbert restaurant have to change its name because it contains panda? Is it selling panda? Not to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Because that's a different story. We'll get to the bottom of that, though. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the time we spend with Ken Covert from the Data Doctors. Because what we don't know about technology and the interwebs and, you know, it would fill a large room. And this is his business. He's smack dab in the middle of it. I don't know if I feel better after having that discussion. I, I, 
But this is why I think a lot of people feel very stressed out right now. I, I think there's a high level of tension and stress, and it's the unknown, and it's what we don't know. It's a fear of the unknown. It's a fear of sure. the unknown. Thank you very much. Have you ever eaten at a place called Panda Express? Oh, Any yeah. There's one right down the road. I refuse to eat there because I am opposed to the needless slaughter of young pandas. Yeah, it contains okay? no panda. It panda does? Express contains no panda. Contains no panda. Nope. I thought you could get like panda nuggets, panda yeah. steak. Not so much? No. Okay. No. Contains no panda. Um, but are you confusified by the Panda I'm Express? confusified by the word confusified. Panda Express and a restaurant in Gilbert called Panda Libre. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Well, Panda Express says you are very confused. But the difference between Panda Express and Panda Libre. Yeah, so much so that they have filed a uh, cease and desist. Like, that's a bunch of lawyer speak, right? Yes. Against the Panda Libre. <laughs> um, no. Here's the thing. You're not going to be confused. Panda Libre has barbacoa, asa- you know, uh, carne asada and bagulki on their menu. Two totally different restaurants, two totally so different it's, it's menus. it's much more, uh, while Panda Express is, I'm led to believe, more Chinese in its origin, Panda Libre is more Southwest or Mexican food. Yeah. So what's going on here? We've got the Panda Restaurant Group that actually emailed the owner of this Gilbert business mm-hmm. saying, you know, you your Panda, the likeness, the logo, the name is too too similar to Panda Express, and you need to stop. Okay, there, I'm that, looking wait, at it. There's there's mass confusion. Mass confusion between Panda Express and Panda Libre because our logos and our names are no. strikingly similar. So I'm looking at the logo. Yeah, yeah, me too. Panda Express logo has what I would call like the World Wildlife Fund. Yeah, panda on yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Right? Little black and white, cute little panda bear, a, a younger panda, might I point out, uh, and it says Panda Express Chinese Kitchen. Panda Libre has. Is that Kung Fu Panda? Let's go with Kung Fu Panda. Is that the panda from the movies, like the Kung Fu Panda? And he's and got he's, a cape. Yeah. Don't forget about like the he's, head protective headgear too. And he's got you know boots on. He's decidedly more active than the Panda Express one, who's yeah. just standing there. Yeah. This is a panda flying through the air that you know obviously what? knows some martial arts. Well, you know they both have pandas on them, and they're both circles. That's about after, after that. that it, it's about here's what I think is going so it, on. So does Panda Express? Is there argument that no one else can use the word panda in a food restaurant in a food because it would confuse people? Yeah, I think we're smarter than that. And I think what's going on here is like a, a matter of, oh, I don't know, like business bullying. <sighs> it's super crazy that this is what's going on right That's now. That's a thing, you know. You know what? Um, AZ Family it. talked to Paul Fan. He is the owner of Panda Libre. We put everything that we have into this restaurant. So it's everything to me. It's what pays for my family's bills. You know what? And there's no, I don't, like, come on, man. Chill out. There's no confusion going on. I live in Gilbert. I know where the Panda Express Very is at. Confused. I know where the Panda Libre is at. It's you like, do know oh. the Panda Libre. The Gilbert restaurant owner says Panda Express sent him this letter asking him to stop using his logo and business name. <sighs> you know what it, 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 it reminded you of earlier this morning? It was super funny with the uh, coming to America. It's not McDonald's. McDonald's. It's not McDonald's. They have the Big Mac. We have the Big Mick. <laughs> totally different. They have two I'll be patty special sauce lettuce cheese. We have that, but they On have a sesame, sesame seed bun. bun. We have no sesame seeds. Totally different. Not even close.
Panda Express trying to bully the Panda Libre. Now, if there was a fight between these two, though, Panda Libre looks oh. like we kicked the oh, crap out of Panda Express. Day. Panda. All day long. Okay, because my man's ready for action here with the cape and whatnot. Checking the headlines coming up. Bob McClay's on top of that. Is there a chance that you would be drafted to go to World War III? I think it's a very low chance, but some people are freaked out anyway. We're digging into it next on KTAR.